Welcome and thank you for joining us here for the Bread of Life, a listener-supported program of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. The persistent dreams of men for utopian states is not just the malady of wishful thinking. It is instead a longing for the earth to once again be returned to the promise it held at its creating when man walked with God in the Garden of Eden. The doctrine of the pre-millennial return of Jesus Christ to reign upon the earth for a thousand years, as expressed in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1-6, through 6, is a doctrine that answers this stubborn hope found in the heart of men. Man will still dream his dreams of a one-world order and a city on the hill, and God will still wait until the day in which he will enthrone his son in dominion over all the earth. And on that day, God's desire for all the earth will be realized in history. That's what we're going to read about in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. This hope that we're going to read about is the millennial hope, or the hope of the millennial thousand-year reign of Christ upon the earth. Those individuals, by the way, that hold that hope are called premillennialists. They believe that Christ is going to return to the earth here on this earth and establish a reign for a thousand years. We think that's important in our fellowship. It's not important for Christian fellowship. There are other people who don't necessarily hold to this view or this position, and we fellowship with them and we love them, but it's so important to us that it's in the doctrinal statement that we've agreed upon for the leadership of our church. It's so important that you can't be an elder in our church, and you can't be a deacon in our church unless you hold to this position, this understanding. This commitment that Christ is coming to earth again to reign for a thousand years. Let's read Revelation 20, verses 1 through 6. In chapter 19, you'll see a sequence of activity in which the end of the tribulation period comes to a conclusion by the return of the Lord Jesus Christ in what's called the Battle of Armageddon. And there are three portions or places in Revelation chapter 19 where John has a vision of this event, and John says, and I saw, and I saw, and I saw. And if you go to the last half of chapter 19 of Revelation, you see a chronological progression of an event that's taking place. And this statement of and I saw, and I saw, and I saw, three times in Revelation chapter 19, continues in Revelation chapter 20. And I saw, and I saw, and I saw. And this is one of those sections where you have this declaration of something John saw. And these statements show a progressive chronological order of how God is going to bring to an end the ages of this earth. Verse 1, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He cast him into the bottomless pit, the abyss, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more until a thousand years were finished. After these things, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness of Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years... But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has a part in the first resurrection. 
Over such the second death has no power, but they shall reign, be priest of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him for one thousand years. Well, this is how far we've come so far. This is the picture or image we have for us. Let's make this our second point here. It is a picture of this utopia to come. It is the doctrine of the millennial rule of Christ upon the earth. Let me just very briefly give you a synopsis of the pre-millennial view of the reign of Christ, and it's simply this. There will come a time to this earth, a time just as time is expressed right now, that will be recorded, just as it's recorded now in our present day, a time with hours and days and weeks and months and years that will assemble and cohere together into a period of 1,000 years. And it will begin, this time, it will be a time that will begin with the return of Jesus Christ to the earth bringing judgments against the armies of the nations that have assembled against the people of God or the nation of Israel. And this coming of Christ will bring to an end a seven-year period of time that we call the Great Tribulation. And following that, it will institute this 1,000-year period of time that we call the Millennial Reign of Jesus Christ. During this time, Christ will rule as King over all of Israel, and out of Israel He will rule over all the nations. He will rule from Jerusalem drawing up Israel into all of His covenant and promised blessings for them that He has made with them. And He will at the same time draw them up so that they might fulfill the covenant purposes that He had for that nation. And all the nations will flood to Jerusalem in order to bring their worship to Jesus the King. Those who have died with Christ prior to this time are going to be raised with glorified bodies. Those who died during the time of the tribulation as martyrs will be raised as well. And these together will reign with Christ over this period. At the same time during this period, Satan will be put in chains, cast into an abyss, have a stone or a seal put upon it and be sealed shut. Four things, chained, thrown into the abyss, be locked in and a seal placed upon the abyss so that he may not, during that period of time, we're told, Deceive the nations for a thousand years. It's something that, in a sense, human history as we've known it has never experienced. But this will happen in time as well, just as we know time now. And upon this earth as we know it, with the air that we breathe and the trees that we see and the experiences that we experience. In time, all these things will take place. And the end of this thousand-year reign will then come the resurrection of all those human beings who have not received Christ or believed in Him. All those who have died in their sins and these human beings will be judged by Christ without the benefits of His saving work and they along with Satan will be cast into the lake of fire and then after this, and you'll see this in chapter 21 verse 1, after this then a new heaven and a new earth will be formed. The old earth and the old heavens will be destroyed and there will be the institution of the eternal state that is described in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, where God is the light thereof of the land, and He is the temple of the land, and we live in the midst of Him, and all the nations gather together, and there's no more death, and every tear is wiped from our eyes. The eternal state. But still, get this, for a thousand years, in history, in time, in this world, on this earth, as we know it, 
There will be a righteous expression of the rule of God over his people and the extension of the blessing that he had purposed in Eden all that time back. Now, having said all that and laid that down, let's talk about, and this will be the lion's share of what I want to share with you this morning, let's talk about what this dream fulfilled, what this truth of the millennial reign of Christ upon the earth teaches us. What did John have in mind? John is being led by, and he is writing out for us a vision that God has given him, but what is God purposed to communicate through John to those that John is writing. You might remember th this vision goes out in seven letters to seven churches and it goes out to all the Christian churches at that time. John writes this probably around 95 AD. And John at this time is exiled on the island of Patmos suffering there and he's an old man. All of the other apostles have likely by this time suffered a martyr's death. They've been put to death for the witness of the gospel. They've gone through the persecution that took place under Nero. They are now under a persecution that's taking place from another Caesar that is in power. And John is writing, and he's writing to churches whose leaders have been martyred. And John anticipates that the martyrdoms are not over, that there's more coming, that there's more suffering, that there's more persecution. So the message that John leads with, the point that John wants to make, that God makes through John by his Holy Spirit to the churches that are being written to, is a call for them to overcome. You remember that in the seven letters to the churches that you find in chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation, at the end of each letter there is a promise to those who overcome in the midst of the challenges. What are they supposed to overcome? Well, they're to overcome suffering and persecution and the antagonism of a violent enemy and temptations, like the temptations to call it quit, to renounce. They're to overcome through a sea of trials. They're to overcome in the face of martyrdom. John understands, John knows that when you face these things and when you encounter these things, you can doubt. You can fall away. You can fall back. And so he writes, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life. To him who overcomes, they shall not be hurt by the second death. To him who overcomes, it shall be given to be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. And so, we say John wrote this, but the Holy Spirit inspired him. And Christ sent this message through John's agency to the church. And the message is overcome, 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 overcome all the way to the point of death. Right to the moment where the man stands before you with his sword or his blade or his knife and he takes off your head. You overcome to that moment. It is Christ's word through John to those facing persecution and even martyrdom. It was relevant in that day and age because it was happening. Really, around our world today, it's still relevant. Is still relevant. It may someday become increasingly relevant to us as well. Here is basically what is being taught through this wonderful message of the book of Revelation, and particularly now when we come to the end and it's summing up, and we see the reign of these who have been martyred rising up to reign upon the earth with Christ for a thousand years. Here's the message. It's basically this. You may suffer in this world, and you may even be taken violently away from it. But listen, 
This world shall not be taken from you. You will inherit it one day, and you will reign with Christ one day upon it. You will, even if you go down in martyrdom, not close your eyes for the last time to this age, in this world, in this time. He'll raise you up to tread upon it in victory. We think of the land rush that took place in Oklahoma and how people claimed their property in Oklahoma when the government opened up that land and they rode out and they tried to walk around the circumference of some land setting their stakes in order to say that this area that I've walked upon is mine. Well, listen. The land we walk upon here, this world we live in, it's ours. We're treading upon it and God will give it to us. God has promised it. What has he said? The meek shall inherit the earth. This shall be ours. That's what's being said. Don't worry. Don't fret. Close your eyes. Trust me, you have tread this earth in the midst of contradiction and challenges and difficulty all the way to martyrdom. Yield yourself up to it. They can take it away from you for a moment. I'll give it back to you and you'll reign with me for a thousand years. Overcome. Endure. And Christ fixes our eyes on this promise that was first born within us way back in Eden. It says it's yet to be fulfilled. Even in the most contradictory moment, even when you think you're the furthest way and the world is the furthest away from it, I'm going to bring it about. It's going to happen. You're going to be a part of it. Trust me. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership, evangelism, and the Mission Church, Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To learn more, get a copy of this message, and support our ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.